TYH Nation presents Emona at Work with Label Schwartz, episode 10 with Yossi Schaefer. How are you? Good, how are you? I am excited, I'm nervous, and um, ready to fly. We're going to hopefully, with Siyatishmaya, the goal of this program is to showcase human beings in their space and how Amuna has affected them. So I feel honored. You know, generally I get to know someone really well before I get to connect with them. Um, I feel very honored to be with you, Doctor. What's your name? Schaefer, Doctor Yossi Schaefer. And what is it that you do? I'm a clinical psychologist here in Lakewood, New Jersey. We have a group practice of about 15 to 20 psychologists, psychiatric nurse practitioners, social workers. Uh, now we're starting an educational program, but uh, that's where we're at. A group practice of a psychologist. It's so necessary. I don't know if it's really happened in our world as much as maybe it needed to at first. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What was the impetus to to go there? I think you know, we, with the way we see and we understand psychology is that people think that we're getting into people's brains and we're really we know better and we we can just go to him and he'll answer all your problems and. I think the, the fundamental that you know we do here at Empower, and especially myself, is that we take such an opposite approach. I always say that you know people that are not the therapists, they're always analyzing, why did he do this and why did he do that? And we go the opposite. There's a human being in front of us. There is so much. If only we knew, we could tap right in. We just have to go there and give them that space to go there. And typically, humans heal on their own. I know it sounds so... You know, if I say this uh, publicly to the, to the therapy field, it may like crash eight years of schooling, right? But yeah, I remember when I was doing my internship in Georgia Point University, which is an all-female you know, college right next to BMG, which is the largest male college right in the United States. And I got a thank you card at the end of my internship from one of my clients that wrote, Dr. Schaefer, it was really great this semester. You really helped a lot. Thanks for all the chatting that we did. And I brought that to my supervisor and I said, thanks for all the chatting we did. We did CBT. We did IFS. We, did, we, we went to the core. And my supervisor said, no, that's the best compliment you could get, where you're not pathologizing. You have a human being being there for them in the moment, giving them what you can, and they heal within their own, which they're really doing. And as long as we're all humble enough to acknowledge that, they heal. So yes, that's uh, in a nutshell what we do. That's unbelievable. Because we often talk about potential and like, what is the human potential? And, you know, you see great people and you think, wow, like they made it or like they figured it all out. And then you, you hear all the time, like, no, anyone could do it. Just reach to your potential. And then you see it. Like, no, really, people have, like, God made beautiful people. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, we, if we really tapped into that thing, then uh, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I always tell people that, you know, people say, like, label your rocking. So I say, I'm working because I'm doing me, but I can't do anyone else. So let's say, for example, I write music and I can't play anyone else's music, but my music, no one can play like me. And I realized that I, I photograph people and other people are much better photographers, but no one photographs like me, right? And, I, and it's interesting that I can't do anybody else, but me, I do perfectly. And that's, been, that's where I have had success. When you have worked with your clientele and they kind of do the self-healing what is that i presume there's some sort of like self-realization as well like they come out even stronger than even more than they would even expect it because they 
Tell me about that process. I think you even on urine label, and I, you're the perfect person to say that to because you are that person that as much as people do photography, and I never even met you, this is the first time, um, but knowing, just seeing you, there's it's only you. And it's not as a compliment better than the other, it's you. And it doesn't have to be a contradiction to someone else. And we, we name this practice Empower Health Center. What does empower mean, right? Everyone has power within, but it's so deep within, why me, someone does it better. When you realize your power, you run. And like we used to say, when you meet so many people that are entrepreneurs and rocking it, and you assume, eh, they're just being anivistic, they're really not. It's almost like it's, we have this thing called imposter syndrome, where we're actually healing people and we have no clue what we're doing. And when I'm doing supervision with my therapist over here, they're like, but I didn't do anything and I don't know, maybe I should have said this. No, just be, and that is the healing. And this is Carl Rogers' fundamentals of you know person-centered relationships and clientele. It's a fundamental of therapy. Freud, the founder of therapy, it was all about free association. Allow the person to be in a safe space and they will heal, nothing more. When we get caught in what should I say and how should I say, and this is what was spoken about so many times by uh, Rabbi Elephant that they're good to mention by the mental health conference. When you come into a therapy session thinking, what should I say and how should I say, it's over. And that's where it's at. When you, when label comes in and says, should I do this? Would it look good or look bad? It's over. It's no more label. It's someone else. And when you tap into your power within, you go to places. And if we want to go a moon over here, that's a moon, right? It's nothing more. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to have it. And you do believe it. You know, it's just, it's within. You allow it to be, and it just takes it. It's like bringing a, a, a spirit or something within your life that is, grows within itself, and you don't have to do more then observe and join the ride. Once you're questioning and looking what other people do and hey, it's over. And that's where everything flattens. And then we have to reboost, right? But it's just all that same dynamic history repeating itself. If we would just allow ourselves to be and allow ourselves to shine, it sounds so simple. And I wanna be careful saying this to any, you know, the mental health professions and, you know, clientele that may be listening and thinking, oh, well, I can't, I can change it. And it's not my ability, right? Yes, there's definitely in the mental health illness part, there's definitely intervention that's necessary, but the fundamentals is we can heal within ourselves. And we just have to acknowledge it and point in that direction and we go. And that's how you sort of get people to where they need to be. How does someone connect to that like unique talent of theirs? And that's, you know, you must, you must see it because I presume where there's not, where there's not distance is when a person feels a disconnect between who I could be and who I'm told a bit like, so when, when you see that thing come in line, like I, I'd love to hear from your perspective, like when you see those things come together, it must be magical. Like when someone actually says like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we, if you want to go therapy and I'm sorry, cause that's how I'm trained. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I want to get out right? of it. Right. The strong assumption is, is that when we're born, we are born with a clean slate. We all know, but we are, we're going with, if we're, if you look at a baby is hungry, it just cries, doesn't think twice, right? Um, it, it's upset that you did something, it just screams and, and pushes, right? That is our human self. What happens is, is that society and the world we live in obviously puts demands. You don't talk this way. Oh, really? I think I should, but okay, which is fine. We, when we want food, we don't do it in an obnoxious, taiva, all those words, which is fine. We need, we need that for society to carry on. But when it takes us over and we grow up in societies where there's comparisons, peer pressure, of course, if there's going to be a critical parent, a critical relationship that's constant, don't trust your gut. Do what I say. One second, but I want to, I want to ask the question in the middle of class. You can't do that. But I thought I, you just start doubting and doubting and doubting yourself to the extent that you don't even know what's right or wrong. 
And when you take away all that noise and you just be yourself, and I'm going to say it again, that's you label. When you just get the raw person, that's when the smile comes out. That's when that moment really just shines. And that's an important piece which you can see in any field, right? And everyone's going to say it. Be yourself. Trust yourself. You hear it a hundred times and sometimes, but that really is the fundamentals. How do we get it? It depends how deep-rooted, right? How much are you wired to think you can do it, right? But I've never had within all the years of practice where someone wanted to do it. And as soon as they're... Uh, but I, right there, where, whose voice was that? Where did it come from? And behaviorally expose yourself to that voice and fight it. A, the world won't shatter. But B, watch it happen again and again and watch yourself thrive. And it's almost like you just see it so much and it's almost like just believe it and get it and don't beat yourself up and just be. And you go to the next level. Sometimes I think about it like we really are, if you think about it, we're B'nai Malach. I mean, we are literally a chalik from Hashem Imal. We are that thing. And if a person kind of realized that there's like this thing in us that we were put here for, re that thing, it's sort of like, it sort of changes everything. Like, no, wait a second, I really do have something I'm supposed to do here. Every How does that tie in? Because obviously we're talking about the therapy element, but there's also the, the shkafik element that I can tell you from a therapist's perspective, yeah, 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 you have a you know unique purpose. The Torah says we do have a unique purpose, but like for real, for real, like inside. So how is that the same? Notice those words. And I, once again, it's going to be a little direct in that direction. Label said, we're B'nai Malachim, right? Some people will quote that, but others will say, we, life is about pain. God wants us to suffer. We don't understand why we're here. And this is when you hear people talking the other way. Whoa, whoa, whoa thank you, Hashem. Not, oh, don't do this, because if you do this, and right, and the Minchas Chinuch says, is, this is something that we, I instill with all the clients. The Minchas Chinuch says is that the relationship that a person has with his parents is exactly the relationship and dynamic he's going to have with Hashem. If you had critical beating down on parents, don't do this, it's my way, the highway, you're going to think that God is out there to get you no matter what. It's almost, it comes out of fear where you're serving. So forget, how could God even be good? How can I even be thankful to Hashem where everything is, I'm like, when it comes to Chametz, Pesach, and everyone, they sleepless nights, and they don't even know what they're doing, and they're yelling at their kids, and yelling at their husband, yelling at, right? Is that about connection, relationship, or is that more about fear of messing up? You're saying B'nai Malachim, and that's what we were saying from a, from a psychological, biological perspective. We are human beings that thrive and go forth no matter what. It gets crippled, the way we're trained and wired. But if we're B'nai Malachim, what's stopping us? But when we start feeling to ourselves, we're not doing good enough. We could be doing better. What, what are people in Shaduchim going to say? What are the neighbors going to say? What am, what am, Tati and Mami is not proud of you, right? All of a sudden it becomes about me in comparison to the others. So it's no more B'nai Malachim. It's in a comparison to what my perception of Hashem is. If I do good, Hashem loves me. If not, I'm nothing. Well, you're B'nai Malachim. Well, but I didn't put on tefillin today. Or I spoke Lashon Hara. I must be evil. I must be bad. Well, you're B'nai Malachim. Where does that vanish? And it just vanishes and vanishes until you forget that message. There was a time that you weren't a doctor. Right. And you were, you had a kind of epiphany of where you were going to go. Bring me through that transition of decided this is where I think I need to be to the process before you were successful. Now, Bakshim, you have a beautiful practice. You have incredible, you know, you have incredible therapists with you and a, a multi specialty group practice, multi specialty group practice. But what was the original insight? And then I want to talk about kind of your growth process in building the company you've built. Where was that first thing you said, you know what, I want to help? Right. And, and it's as you're saying it, it's sort of like, I don't even feel it's me. It's almost like I built and we created something. It, 
it really was such a gradual process throughout all my years. It was the, I went through the regular, you know, traditional, I grew up in Borough Park, I went to Tarvadas for high school, Scranton for base managed, Mir in Israel, came back to BMG, and I went to Rabbi Ram Lefkowitz's Kabbalah for five years, right? So we went traditional. Started the the concept, the Rebbeim that we had, myself, Rabbi Bakshal, right, Rabbi Shariyeli, it was all about connection, relating, right? Being there, right? Even Tyra, Tyra, Tyra. We're all learning Tyra, the biggest mitzvah. What is Tyra, right? One thing, getting to know Hashem. What are his mitzvahs? What does God want for Just to know. What is relationships? The Adam Yada is Chava, right? Adam knew Chava. That's the first time the Tyra says anything about relationships. And like Menrash Gadol told me, when the Tyra says something for the first time, that's what it is. What is relationships? To know the other person. Half the issues that come up with marriage and in general is, uh, why does my wife need another shaitel? Why does my husband come home so late? Why do all he wants is money, right? Why is supper not prepared? Well, did you know how many doctors I went to, visits with the kids today? How many diapers I had to change? The plumber came, the fixerman, uh, the schwigger called. If we only tuned into our spouses the way and knew what they did, we wouldn't have any complaints, right? We wouldn't even know anything. We'd be good. When you know your wife so well, on a physical, emotional, spiritual, more than anyone else in the world, there's no room for anything. You understand everything clearly, right? And that's sort of the same premise when it comes to learning Torah, right? If we understood God's ways and how everyone says, oh, how did I lose that deal, right? Oh my gosh, how am I going to get out of this? I don't have a job. What am I going to do? Whoa, did you ever ask who's pumping your heart? How many times is Hashem pumping your heart? Who said Hashem has to wake you up, let you wake up today? Oh, but that he's going to do, but he can't find you a job. That he's going to do, but he won't let your uh, that deal go through. It's almost like we lose sight so quickly and just tap back into it. boom. But that's the hardest part because we're so generated to just not go with what's in front of us and go with all the noise around us. So getting back to your question, right? So that whole cycle of getting to know, understanding, being real within yourself, and then to me, making the step of going into the field of help, I didn't know if I was specifically going to do help within therapy, within mental health, physical health. It was just the, this is where I am. I want to be with people. I want to relate. I want to connect. And I really appreciate the human for who they are. And that's where it just went. I had nothing else. I didn't want to become a CBT therapist, a psychodynamic therapist. I don't want to be a psychologist. I just wanted to be, connect, and heal without any understanding, underpinnings of where I wanted to go. And it just led me in that direction. And now looking back, I mean, how many from, especially in the Lakewood community, how many from psychologists are there? Maybe five out of 400 therapists in Lakewood, right? It just happens. And I, I don't even know how to way to describe it. And that's why when you say, how did you do it? Then Bill, I don't know. I can't answer that question. It just is. And I, I guess I didn't allow the noise and everything else to stifle it. And obviously you have to ask questions, but just sort of trust within the process and you just get there. It sounds simple. It is, but it's so hard to ignore all the noise. But if you could do that, you just live and you go where it takes you. Doc, did you know that that's the exact same philosophy as your therapy? Mm hmm. Yeah. It, coincidentally, as all my rebellion would say, it all starts with the Tyra, right? We don't need the skills, right? We don't need all, it, it all starts within that basic premise that we're taken care of. And I'll, I'll mention, you know, just a quick statistic. We can mention many, right? But, you know, people want to know what's the biggest predictor for predictor for therapeutic success. Is it a client's intelligence? Is it the competency of the therapist? Is it just the, the finances that a person has the ability, right? If you break down the science, 15% of predicting success for clients is the therapist's competency. 15%. 
that's what we go to eight years of schooling for, right? Another 15% is finances, maybe another 15% for transportation. 40%, which is the highest predictor, is how much support does this client have around him outside the therapy, right? If someone comes in and says they're depressed and they're homeless and they have no parents and they have no, how in the world are we going to make that? What are we going to tell them, right? If we have someone that is suffering from depression, anxiety, but they have a supportive background and they just are lacking within their thought process, lacking within the experience that is now reframing their life, boom, that's going to predict it. Everything else not. So having a supportive environment, yeshiva, and we're going to get to spirituality, which is such a strong predictor of general happiness, which people, you know, spirituality, religion, uh, right? There's going to be basic support. There's going to be the basic mental health hygiene. There's going to be the body hygiene, sleep, eating food, and then there's spirituality. What is spirituality? Everyone thinks it's like some Buddha cult of sitting and just, you know, vibing with some spirits. It could just be connecting within yourself within a, 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 a greater meaning and, in, and incorporating that within our work. If you want to say Amuna, Amuna is connecting relationship. If we can do that, it just carries along our way. Like I mentioned uh, another thing, do we? Okay. Um, when I was going through my residencies, I came, I was still in Kyle doing it. And to me, it was like, you know, my background was my background, you know, to the extent of my academic background and getting thrown into a PhD program. And when I went to my residency and I'm sitting in a class with, you know, 40 year olds and some 50 year olds and some of them were 30. And I was the only one that had three kids. Now, Baruch Hashem, we have five, but then it was like, and they, and when I, you know, introduced myself and mentioned, they were like jaw dropped. Three, how in the world are you going to manage? How in the world are you going to get through this? How can you take on so much of yourself? And I, I was just, you know, forget about just wondering like, what, what's the big deal, right? And I went through the process, the whole schooling. And, and once again, saying this just for, for our purposes, yeah. and it was me amongst two or three other firm people. We graduated the first in our class rather than the last. I was the first to graduate within my column, right? With dissertation and defending the dissertation, internship and getting licensed. And you would say it's intelligence. It by far wasn't. If you know me, Label, it's, I'm not an intelligent. I barely made it through high school. I did well, you know, within the PhD program, right? Uh, but we could all relate to that. But people think that having a support is another burden. Religion is another burden. It actually is what helps you carry through when you have a constant, constant drive of purpose and meaning what you do. It may come with that little changing diapers and it may come with the, you know, the constant thinking of Hashem, family, children, spouse, but that's what gets you through. That's fascinating. I didn't even process. Of course, you became a successful business person, but in fairness, I didn't realize being a from Torah abiding person in a PhD process. That must be fascinating. Yeah. That must have been an interesting experience. Definitely was. It was like a culture shock. It was like right out there. Um, you know, once again, our, our, we're wired a certain way to think about ourselves in contrast to other actions, behaviors, belief systems, ideologies. And here you're thrown in. It's sort of like that balance of this is the, what, what I connect to versus but then at some points, and this is when you connect and you see the human and you all the noise that gets you distracted and you just allow yourself to be, it just connects like that. And everything you've been wired or thoughts, and once again, it's not the system, it's not anyone that's doing it, it's just the, when you grow up in any culturally compacted premise, you just allow your brain to go in certain ways. But when you just connect, everything falls away. And it 
it's not a contradiction anymore. It's not uncomfortable. You don't feel it's me against them. We don't feel like we're behind the eight ball, they're behind the eight ball. You just do it and you allow it to be. And that's something you don't learn unless you're thrown right into it. Which is exactly the same philosophy as your therapy. Right. Back to that. Now I want to take you to the idea of now having grown a successful practice, how does how do you instill these philosophies into your team members that you bring on? Because obviously this is a lifestyle that, that you've kind of adapted and it's kind of this has become you. How have you taken that same philosophy of either therapy or or the way that you work and when people come in to tie, to kind of bring them into that same headspace and you would think that i would probably have a set of you know battery of tests and assessments to really see where that person is and i'm i'm going to say it publicly even though i probably shouldn't because it doesn't sound good to all the you know those that are trusting that this is the therapist that we think would be best to treat this and this diagnosis it really is the human and the person for themselves and how well they can adjust to a connection and how they can adjust to their own sense of self. And there's no way to describe it other than, I guess, a feeling which will obviously shower upon the client right away. And it will just allow the free space and the non-judgment, right? How many clients here in this room, especially and within the practice in general, for the first time are honest within themselves. And when we ask them, is that the reason? Could it be something else? And then we give them that pause without any judgments. They just go right there. And it's almost like a ton of bricks that they've had for 20, 30 years just comes collapsing down. For the first time they were vulnerable and they didn't get struck by lightning. Their perception is struck by lightning. For the first time they were vulnerable and they didn't get a slap across the face. For the first time they were vulnerable and they got a smile. It, that's it. They know what to do after that. So when I see a therapist, sort of like our conversation, and it's just, it's free reign, that's it we need. And it goes, everything else, I don't know. Well, it just goes that way. And if there's any questions or skills that are necessary, we go in that direction. But this is foundational. Skills are trainable. Right. That's unbelievable. You're working with Hashem's children. How does Amuna, and knowing Hashem really is the one that's going to make all decisions and make everything work, how does that affect the way that you can work with your clients? So basically what we've discussed, you know, through the premise of how we work and operate as humans and how we operate as if we just allow ourselves to be and not allow the distractions and the noise to come, we self-heal, right? The, the, the golden rule within therapy is you don't bring in a moon or you don't bring in a and we don't bring in anything because our sole focus, the number one thing that, you know, we're probably more, we don't have a Kaddish, we're not smarter than anyone else, we're not more skilled. The one thing we have that a father, brother, Rebbe, anyone else wouldn't have is that we're solely objective. What do you, the clients, want to do? Not what is your mother, your father, your surrounding society, what do you want to do? And tap into that. And as soon as we have an agenda, it's over. As soon as we're imposing our beliefs, right? My first internship was in Georgetown University, which is an all Roman Catholic university, right? Um, and, you know, my question was, and I asked Ruben Feinstein, should I even take it? Should I not? And as a firm person, do you dress regular white shirt? Should I maybe, you know, merge more into that culture? No. If this, if you're doing God's work, if you are there within the helping field society profession, that's where you're at. And what you're going to do being natural and healthy is where your clients are going to go. And this is how I went, obviously without the tie and just with the white shirts. 
And it, it was the most amazing experience. My, uh, Dr. Solbeck, my supervisor from Georgia Co University, you know, and this was the first time anyone, and once again, BMG is the largest male, right, Orthodox college in the United States, right next to the largest female, right, religious college in the United States, literally on the same block, right, which one of the papers actually, you know, many, many years ago said, you know, fascinating how it is the largest and there was never an incidence between any of the students, right, some things you keep in mind, but it's just, it was always separate. And we were with us within Talmud and they were within them. And here, you know, I wanted to get my doctorate in psychology and it's very hard to find the psychologist to work under. And I needed that for my hours and I just called up, right? And I remember calling to someone that was working there and she said, no, Dr. Solbeck takes someone once in three years, right? Not happening, right? And I said, okay, just because that person said it doesn't necessarily let me try to reach her. And I reached her and she said, yeah, let's meet. And that meeting took it where, you know, one, two, three years later, and I still, you know, serve as a consultant over there and try to reach out to the freshmen over there and try to give them the educational, cultural educational of what, you know, being neighbors within one town. But when I reached out to her and we had that meeting, it was that same connection that just went and I got that position. At the end of my internship, she, you know, turned to me and she said, Joe, that was how I went over there. Joe, I want you to find me someone from the community taking your position. And that's when I reached out, you know, to many that were in the field and Aaron Cutler, you know, from uh, BMG had his daughter who was going through, you know, also looking to get her hours within her PhD. And that's where she filled the position and it led from her to a bunch of other within the Froome community. And you would think that here in the therapy fields, we're, we're helping and people have, are coming to us for advice. How did you, what would you do? What would you tell my mother? Whoa, you're asking me, right? If I would ask my mother, you know, my father, she'd whip me into your mother, right? Do whatever you want, right? It's not about me. It's not about, it's about you, the client. Tune into yourself, tap into yourself. When we as therapists apply Imuna, right? Which is the balance, right? On the one hand, Hashem's there and helping us, but we're helping this client. When we trust in the process and allow it to be, and we don't have to come up with something that, oh, we originated it, like almost like do this and do that. Oh, you got it wrong. And you just allow it to be with the Amuna process. It just heals. We run the practice based on we are not, you know, I think uh, I forgot uh, specifically which Robert Rebbe was. That's a midaftan nishtaiftan, right? We have to do and not achieve and accomplish. When we go with that attitude, we're allowing for the self-humility. We're allowing for ourselves to always keep in check that we're not getting ahead of ourselves. And our clients go right in that direction. And we're sort of modeling to them how to live and believe within yourselves. And that's how the world was sort of orchestrated, where we believe within a power that got it right. And that's the message to us as humans. We got it right. Just trust it, tap into it. And don't allow any of that energy to get stifled. And as it relates to the clients, almost anything within the pathology of mental health, right? that they come in here, I'm depressed, but I don't know why. I have a house, I have a car, I have kids, I have everything. I don't know why I'm depressed. I can't get onto an airplane because I'm petrified that that airplane's gonna go down. Statistically, you'd give every money, penny in the bank you had to get on that airplane and it's not gonna crash, right? You can't go there. Within mental health, so much of it is not the reality, but the perception, right? Which could sound bad, but logically it doesn't add up, right? So if I'm depressed, but I don't know why, anxious, I don't know why, you know, PTSD, I was fighting in Iraq. We once had someone by our Seder table that, you know, 
sitting by the table. He fought in, you know, multiple wars. We got a knock on the door and he jumps under the table, shivering and shaking, right? This wasn't the reason why I went into the field. I just remember this shaking. And he came out, he said, I'm sorry. We're so trained that bullets are flying. That's our initial reaction, but it's all within the perception and it's not something within the reality. And as soon as they tap back into it, that, whoa, probably nothing will happen if I get on the plane. Probably my life is doing okay and people are not judging me every step of the way. I probably do have self-value. I am not like this person, but hey, look how many people do like me. If we would just tap into that, we're done. That's the entire premise of change and self-help and mental health hygiene. Emuna with our clients is, is that if they would, you know, so many guys, especially we're in Lakewood, right? So guys from Yeshiva would come and say, why should I listen to you, right? You're not, a, you're sitting and learning, you're not Das Taira. And we say, you're right, first of all. How did you get here? Oh, your Rav told you to come. Okay, so that's it, right? But now that you're here, right? So, yeah, so let's go hashkafically, right? Do you believe that whatever Hashem does is for the best? Do you believe that right now you're anxious about how things are going to work out with your child, but Hashem wants exactly what's happening right now? Do you not believe, isn't that the, the foundation that nothing will happen on this world without Hashem doing it? How does Bechira and how does that, we'll get to that one day, but right now they do, but, but, but. And that's when they start. The outside noise takes away their basic foundation. And if they just tap back into that, their amuna restores. And you would think coming to a therapist, oh, now we become an independent individual. No, now you go back to the basic, basic, don't, don't get complicated, just be, and everything else will fall through. And that's what amuna is. This and other episodes are available on our YouTube channel, on your favorite podcast platform and on our website, tyhnation.com.